0: Welcome to another episode of Middle Class Film Class. I'm your host Joseph. I'm Tyler. And I'm Peter. And this week, the wheel of destiny landed on my movie, *Beasts of the Southern Wild*.
1: This here is an aurochs, a fierce creature. The stars coming. The stars coming. Y'all better learn how to survive. <laughs>
2: Your daddy. It's just my job to take
1: do, okay? And it all goes quiet behind my eyes. I see everything that made me I see that I'm a little piece of a big, big universe. In a I that. In a million years, when kids go to school, they're gonna know. Once there was a hush puppy, and she lived with her daddy in the bathtub.
0: Got goosebumps. I know the music. The music is so good. Yeah. In this movie. Um, so yeah, this is uh, "Beasts of the Southern Wild," directed by Ben Zeitlin. A, uh, I stream picked one of his movies. Few weeks ago, I think um, his follow-up to this movie called Wendy, which I really liked, and it's uh, pretty similar in in I don't know visual aesthetic. T- I guess tone, tone, and yeah, uh, kid actors. Um, do you pronounce yeah, his name very, right? Uh, Isn't
3: it Ben <laughs> Zeitlin? I
0: don't know <laughs> Ben with an H Zeitlin. Ben, um, <sighs> what's your name? Ben. Yeah, Ben with an H. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, oh, oh, Ben. No, it's Ben. <laughs> it's like you're really tired <laughs> saying the name Ben. Ben, yeah. <laughs> um, That's funny. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm super excited to talk about this movie. I first I saw this in theaters when it came out, 2012. Oh, wow! And uh, yeah, I, I I really, really love this movie. Um, but uh, we will get into that. But first. <laughs> Find some charity, new lad. Now's the time for gab and chatter. Ah, yes. Gabbing and chattering. Uh, Yes, Willem. Tyler, do you have anything to gab or to chat-er?
2: Yes, Mm I do. Uh, I got a few things. Uh, First off, Rolling Stone did an interview with Glenn Danzig on his new movie, uh, Death Rider. (laughs) Or I think it's pronounced... it's pronounced longer. I'm, I'm not going to get into it. All I know is it's called Death Rider. Uh, he talks about you know his. Uh, it, it's a it's a pretty funny interview, and I encourage everyone uh, within the sound of my bo- within the sound of my voice to to uh, read it because it's classic Danzig interview style. But I'm just going to read a few experts from it regarding movies. So the interviewer asks him. What makes a good vampire movie? And Glenn replies, wow. What makes a good vampire movie? You got to have vampires. <laughs> Pretty much everybody. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Pretty much everybody except the people who get bit in Death Rider are vampires. All the main cast are vampires, so you don't have to wait around to see a vampire. And you need a lot of blood. Okay, David. That's what makes it good.
3: Uh, <laughs> I like his thought process. Is like, okay, people like vampires. Let's just make them... All vampires. There's not. There's yeah. no one to even eat.
2: <laughs> I like how his line of thought is a good vampire movie. A good vampire movie is you have to have vampires in it. Like that's just the only criteria. With, yeah, just
0: a movie with vampires. Yeah,
2: It'd be uh, weird to
3: have a vampire movie with nothing but zombies.
2: Yeah, I think that's what his uh, mind was thinking. I, I'm not. He's
3: worried about. Yeah, worried about people misinterpreting it as a zombie movie.
2: Yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure that's the case. His second, uh, the interviewer's uh, second question regarding movies, he says, what are your favorite vampire movies? He says, I like some of the Hammer vampire movies like Lust for a Vampire, Twins of Evil, Vampire Lovers, stuff like that. I think George Romero did a really good vampire movie called Martin. It shattered a lot of the myths of vampires like the garlic thing and all that crap. You have all the newer ones which are very slick and big budget like the Underworld movies and things like that. I don't know. I still like the older ones better. Okay, Danzig, that's, okay. Um, And then this is, I saved the best one for last. What makes a good Western? Danzig replies, well, I don't necessarily like Western movies per se. (laughs) He's making a Western movie, but he doesn't like Western movies. Yeah, this is going to be
0: great. There are a lo- so did he did he answer the question?
2: <laughs> yeah, he did. He says, well, I don't necessarily like Western movies per se. There are a lot of good American Western movies, but there are a ton of terrible ones. I like where the Italians came in and reinvented the American Western and actually did it better, which I'm actually in agreement with him on that. So I like Once Upon a Time in the West. I like all the Clint Eastwood ones. Filmmaker Sergio Leone is great. And then, of course, uh director Sergio Corbucci and the original Django is really good. There's so many just forgotten Italian spaghetti westerns because they were cranking them all out into the late 70s early 80s. Yeah, Danzik uh he, For someone who
0: says he doesn't like westerns he sure knows. Yeah, uh, that's uh, what <laughs> I was going to say.
2: Um and then one last tidbit on this too, uh he so one of the inter, uh one of the questions was so by the time you decided to direct Verodica, you knew what you were doing. And he replies, well, I'd already been directing for 30 years. Of course, <laughs> Verodica, yeah, he's been directing for 30 years. And directing Verodica his was his life. His pro- life. <laughs> yeah.
0: He counts his music career as directing?
2: Uh, well, well, he's directed- only 30
0: years old, so...
2: Yeah, he directed he, yeah, he directed uh some of the music videos too, mm-hmm. which I don't know. I'd take that with a grain of salt because I don't music I, videos. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he like well his own music videos, but I think yeah, he yeah. was more so of like a creative consultant rather than a <laughs> actual director. I think he was just uh, a ma-
3: a madman on the side Yeah, set. I got to say action because I'm the director. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, he said, of course, Veronica was with a very low budget, so we really had to call in a lot of favors. And <laughs> yeah, the, the, I, I wonder what those favors were, Danzik. I really do. Love your music. but uh, Another
0: movie with the cowboy vampire strippers this time. Yeah.
2: Yes, except now Danny Trujillo is going to make a cameo in it.
0: Yeah, it's a
3: Death uh, Rider in the House of Vampires is the full title.
2: Oh, that's what it was. That's
3: Exciting. Right. Very exciting.
2: Yeah. Uh, When's
3: the release date on that?
2: I think they were talking about uh, end of summer of this year. I wasn't too sure. I'm not. Mm. I don't know. I, I I can't wait. I was excited for Veronica because I was like, wow, Danzig is directing a movie. That's sick. And then I watched it. Hold and on. Was like,
3: hold on. Hold on. Amazon will debut the film on July 2nd of this year.
2: Oh, right around my the corner. God. Cannot wait.
0: All right well can't uh, come soon <laughs> enough and <laughs> and
3: uh I forgot Devin Sawas in it too I forgot
2: Oh, oh that's yeah. right yeah that's he was right. in
3: Dan uh, himself he was in Hunter x Hunter uh this year that was uh, a <laughs> fucking uh, b- nuts ending uh crazy yeah. movie but uh he's almost unrecognizable Devin Sawa, now
2: Oh is that right Yeah he
3: wasn't bad he what? was pretty good in that movie
2: Oh okay well that that's good to hear that he's still finding And in the
3: fanatic Yeah he was great as a uh, Hunter Dunbar. Hunter Dunbar, Hunter Hunter.
2: Is his career just like circulating around like cult favorites, like that he found his niche?
3: Yeah, he he only does stuff now that's um that has Hunter in the title. So now he's playing a vampire hunter in this one. I'm gonna assume <laughs> hunter, <laughs> hunter Dunbar, the movie. I'm next. Hunter,
2: the vampire hunter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just assuming he typecasted himself. Like he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna stick to being a hunter. That's what I know best. And then someone's like, "Oh, do you want to, you know, go out? Hunting season's just around the corner. You want to go out? Oh, no, no, not. I'm not a real hunter. I just, <laughs> I just play one. Anyways, uh, my next <laughs> news story is on a little bit more of a lighter side. You guys are familiar with uh, Ryan Johnson, right? Uh, the director. Yeah, director Ryan Johnson. You of know, Star Wars uh, fame. Of Star Wars fame. Ooh, yeah. Looper. So uh yeah that's true. That and that's a good movie. Uh yeah, Ryan Johnson Looper. and his longtime producer Ram Bergman, they are making a new production company specifically for low budgeted films. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. thought this was pretty cool because they're kind of breaking the gatekeeping aspect of like filmmaking in Hollywood. <clears throat> so they're going to so uh, they're gonna in, be
0: like the, the like, trying to be like next a24 is that what this
2: yeah but i think it's a little bit more accessible than a24 if that makes oh, sense
0: a- a24 is now not as accessible as it was yeah yeah when it first started
3: well elijah woods is uh does that as well he has his uh spectre vision i think is the name of his mm-hmm. production oh, is company that right yeah he did uh he he, he used the one that uh Basically, greenlit uh, the Greasy Strangler. He gives oh, whoa! He gives low, <clears throat> low budget movies and people with uh, like a crazy ideas that no one will fund money to make these movies.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was really cool. That well, knowing that information now, it seems like there's a trend of these people in power who are just kind of sick and tired of seeing talent go to waste because they can't ha- access like the <clears throat> sources. Mm-hmm. Needed to get into making mm-hmm. a limited or wide release film, and it also doesn't help that Ryan Johnson and hit and uh, Ram Bergman they're uh, slated to get a hundred million dollars each for uh, multiple Knives Out sequels.
3: Oh, cool! Uh, mm. From
2: from Netflix. So I think yeah. that's I think that's really like what the uh, catalyst was is because. You know, they're getting all of this money coming from, you know, Star Wars, Knives Out. And they're giving it back to the people. And I really appreciate that. I thought that was a really. For you. Yeah. The
3: be- people. Yeah. Um, do you want to hear uh, what other movies, what interesting movies that uh, we are, we know about that uh, Spectre Vision also produced? Yeah, sure. Color Out of Space. Nicolas Cage. They produced uh. that. And that gem, and and also huh. Mandy, also with Nicolas Cage, yeah, it that did. actual Man- gem, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spect- um, Spectre Vision did both of those. which is, I, I I really want to revisit Colorado Space. I feel like I think we were a little too harsh on it, but I'm gonna I want to give it a shot and do a a re uh, rewatch and <laughs> report back.
2: I don't <laughs> think we were that hard on it. It was.
3: I'll be the well, judge maybe. Of that. Ma-
2: well, yeah. Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that too, because maybe I would. I came in with very high expectations. You have to understand, I was coming off of a high of Annihilation. So I was expecting that caliber of cosmic horror. And I, I, so, yeah,
3: we, we don't need to revisit it now. We'll, do, we'll, we'll rewatch it. It'll be fun. Streaming yeah. on Shudder. Yeah.
2: That was it. Okay. Well, uh, check that out then cool. uh, for our Shudder subscribers. Um, my uh, next news story uh, George Romero. Unmade final zombie movie Twilight of the Dead is going to actually be made. Cool. Uh, I guess it's a concluding chapter for his movies. I don't know. I they they, they weren't that great. Land of the Dead was kind of shitty. So, so I,
3: why why is this a news story if you don't even like the movies? <laughs> well, because
2: I thought we were done. I thought we were done with uh, Romero's uh, Dead series. I thought that was uh, <laughs> no pun intended. Dead. So, it's been on
0: the back of my mind.
2: Yeah, well, for all these years. <laughs> and then just uh really quickly, a new David Cronenberg movie is coming out called Crimes of Future, uh starring Viggo Mortensen and Kristen Stewart and Leia Seydoux. Kristen, uh, I heard something about this. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I'm They haven't actually, even they haven't
3: even started production though. they it's, it's like they're going to shoot through the summer, is what I heard.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it's uh train is uh going uh, full speed ahead on this movie i'll just read the <laughs> synopsis really quick uh crimes of the future is a boldly original screenplay from the mind of celebrated auteur david cronenberg whose last original screenplay was existence in 1999 the film takes a deep dive into existence
0: the Nazi- yeah existence oh well nah. like the like the pill
2: yeah. oh oh okay this well, is bob well. <laughs> My, apolo- are- <laughs> My apologies, Weapons Mr. Cronenberg. <laughs> the film takes a deep dive into the not-so-distant future where humankind is learning to adapt to its synthetic surroundings. This evolution moves humans beyond their natural state into a metamorphosis, altering their biological makeup. <clears throat> While some embrace the limitless ni- limitless potential of transhumanism, others attempt to police it. Either way, in this perfectly crafted C- Cronenberg, world, which marks the iconic filmmaker's return to sci-fi, accelerated evolution syndrome is spreading fast. Uh, I won't read any more to it, but it sounds great. Um, Those are my news stories and uh, yeah.
0: Cool.
3: Pete! My turn? Yes. Okay, uh, real quick, I wanted to put a button on the end of the uh, um, news story, or one of my streaming picks from a little while ago. Invincible, the adult cartoon series that's on Amazon Prime right now. Uh, the finale of the season one just aired last night, and it was one of the most gruesome, gory cartoons I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and, it, and mm-hmm. it was glorious. <clears throat> so uh, yeah. for for the people who prefer to binge watch their shows, um, now was the time. It's season, season one's kaput, and just as a little teaser, if you're not already sold on the idea, uh, it's... Produced by Robert Kirkman, created by Robert Kirkman of *The Walking Dead*. Um, if the season one of *The Walking Dead* scratched an itch that you uh, didn't know you have, *Invincible* might do the same thing because it was it was very good, and it was unlike a, a whole lot of series I've seen before. It kind of toys around with the idea of good and evil and what what that really means, <clears throat> and also it's a kind of coming of an age tale of a young boy who unlocks his powers and is trying to find his place in the world now that he's this uh, invincible superhero. Um, but it's voiced by J.K. Simmons, Sandra Oh, Stephen Ewan from The Walking Dead, Jason Manzukis and a ton of other people you recognize. So uh, I would encourage people to watch that. <laughs> um, oh, yeah,
2: most definitely.
3: Um, the other thing I wanted to mention briefly was um, there are three movies coming up soon that are in various stages of production. And I wanted to touch on them. Uh, Wes Anderson's French Dispatches* set to premiere at the Cannes Film Festival this year. Very, very excited about that. That cast is, looks like one of the, they talk about ensemble cast. This is like the ensemble cast and all ensemble casts. It's got (laughs) so many good (laughs) names in it. Um, It's, I mean, just from the, the, like the one cover shot that I'm looking at here, it has um, Elizabeth Moss, Owen Wilson, Tilda Swinton. Fisher Stevens Griffin Dunn and um, that's just in one little these are five people just sitting on a couch together there's I, I know there's probably 15 to 20 other Bill Murray yep uh, let me I'll, I'll look it up here
2: real quick French it has to be Bill Murray of course is it. it is it really <laughs> <laughs> of course an Anderson it. movie if Bill Murray isn't in it there's
3: the the cast in an uh, order of uh, Billy. Francis McDormand, Timothy Chalamet, Elizabeth Moss, Saoirse Ronan, Tilda Swinton, Adrian Brody, Edward Norton, Owen Wilson, Bill Murray, Willem Dafoe, Rupert Friend, Leah Sudeau, Christoph Waltz, Benicio Toro, Fisher Stevens, Jeez. and it continues to go on and on and on. What's the it, budget for this movie? <clears throat> <laughs> I, I feel like like once it gets to this level, it's almost like for the actors, it becomes desirable to be in the movie. You know, not so much yeah. that they're they're it's they're not there for the paycheck. They're there because this is going to be a really fun production and be something to be yeah. excited to be a part of. So,
0: a director that people want to work with.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, Benicio del Toro, Schreiber, and uh, Angelica Houston, Jason Schwartzman, of course.
0: I, I think because Wes Anderson movies is specifically they bring out a different type of character in actors that you don't normally see.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's true, yeah. and uh, I'll, Wes Anderson will come up a little bit later in the uh, show. So that's one that's already completed. That that production is completed, done to tape. I'm sure yeah. they're probably in final editing and color correction and ADR
0: and stuff. But was it delayed at all because of COVID?
3: I think so. Yeah, I don't know if, if filming was delayed. I think the filming was already kind of wrapped when the pandemic started, but it. They, I think they just decided to. I remember delay seeing the
0: trailer like you like.
3: I feel like a year ago. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that one's that one's in the can. Um, <clears throat> then we have Neil Blomkamp's movie that is supposed to be coming out, and I haven't heard a single word about this. And they released some uh, behind-the-scenes footage of them actually shooting the movie right now. And this new movie mm-hmm. is called *Demonic*. Whoa! And I am a huge Neil Blomkamp fan. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there is not really much of a synopsis. It says. There are demon forces that are unleashed by a young woman. Floating bodies are a trademark of the film that deal with demons ever since The Exorcist came out. and Behind the scenes might be a teaser to something very similar. So they were very very hush-hush about it, but they did release like a little teaser. IFC Midnight released its little teaser. And it looks kind of like <clears throat> Brandon Cronenberg's David's Son's um, Possessor movie that came out last year that was really pretty good and kind of got overlooked mixed with saw Mm. is what i'm looking like from the production Uh. shots so i'm i'm pretty excited about that i love neil blomkamp and this is a new story because charlotte copley nowhere on the cash list for the first time (laughs) 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 neil blomkamp production without charlotte charlotte copley Who'd have thought?
2: Wow. Well, uh, you know, it, it's kind of interesting that he compares it to The Exorcist. That that's a very high bar to. Uh...
3: Well, he's he's talking about like the, the genre, I think, <clears throat> and that's uh, that's not that's not from um any. This is just speculation, so I wouldn't. Oh. Oh. That. Okay. I thought yeah, he and was. Then, <laughs> and then the other the other movie that I, I wanted to bring up briefly, but touched on it already, was. Uh, David Cronenberg's upcoming movie that is not in production quite just yet. So three movies I'm excited about in various stages of production, which makes me excited for 2021 and 2022. (coughs) Mm -hmm. um, Other than that, I don't have a whole lot of news. Uh, Joseph, I'll default to you.
0: All right, so uh, I got a couple things. I'm going to start off with uh, this uh, story because I just got so excited when I read the headline and uh, I, I was all giddy with, uh, with uh, <laughs> satisfaction. Mm-hmm. I saw this. I got an email about it. <laughs> Who emailed you about it, this? It, it was Reddit, like a Reddit notification. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they said, you might be interested in this. And uh, so, yeah. So uh, Citizen Kane, the s- alleged perfect movie, um, <laughs> loses perfect Rotten Tomato score because an 80-year-old review was uploaded to the site, knocking oh it down God. to 99 <laughs> percent, removing wow. the fresh score.
3: That's the name. Wait, wait. not not, re- not removing the fresh score, just removing the perfect score.
0: You remember, yeah, moving the fresh score. Oh yeah, the the fresh score a 100 percent to the fresh score of 99. <laughs> you know, that's all,
2: that was always and, surprising to me. How do how does a movie like there's you could. There is always a contrarian, like in our human population. It's hard to believe that a movie on Rotten Tomatoes could have a perfect, perfect score. So you know what? I'm giddy with you, uh, Joseph.
0: Among the 100% fresh club includes Terminator. Okay. Paddington Two.
2: Pat, what? What?
0: Paddington Two.
2: Oh, Frankenstein! Do. What that does not—it just do.
0: says Frankenstein. It doesn't say which Frankenstein. I oh, it's, so it's, it's
2: most definitely referring to the original one, which is not a perfect movie.
0: Um. So yeah. So that's uh, that's happened on Rotten Tomatoes. That's exciting. The, the original review, which ran in 1941, ran with the headline: <laughs> "Citizen Kane fails to impress critic as greatest ever filmed." <laughs>
2: Are while you the sure you're not a time traveler, Joseph? This wasn't you? <laughs> it
0: basically, it, it knocked it down to 90% because some guy was like, meh. The, it was uh, okay. <laughs> while, the, while the critic in question had several positive comments about the film, they overall marked it as an underwhelming experience, remarking that it lacked general mm-hmm. entertainment value. Uh, I would agree with that. It's really boring. And that My they disliked God. the use of lighting throughout the movie. <laughs> I don't like lighting. <laughs> I hate I, uh, it. <laughs> made <laughs> that dramatic I prefer, bullshit. I prefer my um, movies dark. As a generally negative impression the review was categorized as negative when added to Rotten Tomatoes website lowering the film's perfect score to a 99% fresh rating. Um, wait, hold and, on. Uh, who,
2: who who uploaded this interview though? That's a, or I uh, just not, Rotten
0: Tomatoes. I don't know who
3: uploaded. The, to. the way it works with Rotten Tomatoes is that they they just they have people that go out and aggregate. They find they don't necessarily you don't have to like go and upload your review to Rotten Tomatoes. They'll find yeah. it. So they'll oh, find okay. Yeah, they'll, and they and a lot of times it's archival stuff. You like they might get go from like five hundred reviews to like uh five hundred and fifty reviews overnight because someone found this old archive of mm-hmm. old r- reviews or
0: whatever. And of movies it, that have been out for a hella long yeah, time. Yeah.
3: And it doesn't have, and w- when it has a hundred percent, Tyler, that doesn't mean it's people are saying it's a perfect movie. It just means that of those reviews, hundred percent of them were m- overall positive instead of overall negative. so there's some sub- oh, sub- subjectivity see. to the way they rate it it's not yeah it's, it's, like, it's,
0: it's just an aggregate it's yeah, just anything over everything
3: anything over five or six out of ten, they give it a favorable rating yeah or if they overall the whole if the whole review is written and it says, "I hated this movie six out of ten like Tyler does <laughs> or seven out of ten <laughs> <laughs> then, then they'll probably rate it as a bad rating because they say they hated it okay yeah. i see.
0: um so the critic who dealt the critical blow that ruined this movie's uh <laughs> career um they wrote the original review under a pseudonym, and uh nobody knows who the actual critic is
2: oh, I know who it is uh, well it's this yeah, very I mean, host. <laughs>
0: Um, Joseph's clearly they haven't been, uh, vin- oh, given the <laughs> age of their view and the false name given film, may never know the true identity of the person who brought down citizen Kane, uh, still clearly, <laughs> they haven't been, still clearly, they haven't been able to vin- vindicated by history as the film is still remembered as a classic worthy of the title greatest film of all time. Mm-hmm. At the very least, their voice has been officially heard and noted, <laughs> noted <Yeah. laughs> nearly 80 years after it was originally written. This singular negative review has finally been rediscovered and added to the scoreboard wow well, yeah so good was, riddance yeah good. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um paddington and too
2: though like is that really like that great have you guys seen that movie is it that good
3: i have yeah. not seen it i've seen okay. it and it's very very good i don't i can't i would have a really hard time finding somebody that would say that that's a bad movie let's just put it that way
0: wow I mean, you might Tyler, find Tyler's Tyler. Tyler, get just, on it. Because, just out of spite. You know. <laughs> no, uh, that's not my get way. Get on it, you contrarian bastard. That's not my way. <laughs> and uh, in other news, the Oscars happened last weekend, and uh, it was apparently a very weird show. It, it was kind of, I kind of watched it. I watched like the beginning and then nothing else after
2: that. <laughs> yeah, how how could we with those bottles of wine?
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, the wine was flowing. the The beer was there. And uh, the food was plentiful. Pasta was ingested. Um, so I'm just going to go off the list of winners of the Oscars 2021. The 93rd Academy Awards, which apparently was uh, a incredibly, uh, it, was, it was not watched very much. Um, <laughs> 10 million,
3: 10 million viewers, I think.
0: Yeah, that's which is like m- less than that's... half of last year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Oscar. I mean, it's it, if that,
2: if that uh, night was any uh, sort of indication, you know... I mean, we had it on the TV, so I mean, I guess we counted as a viewer. Yeah,
0: it, yeah Nielsen ratings, they, they we, got it. Th- all um, three of us were together that night, and we didn't even watch it. We wrote a fucking movie <laughs> podcast. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I feel bad I didn't do any sort of Oscar thing. Oh, no, don't feel um, bad,
2: it was terrible. I, I'm already pissed about the winners, but go ahead, Joseph, read them off.
0: So... Starting with the big winner, best picture, Nomadland. One for best yes. picture. Um, I, feel, over, I feel well deserved. Over <laughs> The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Child of Chicago 7. Which I think Nomadland and Min- maybe Minari and Sound of Metal were maybe the only three like real like grounded movies. like mm-hmm. True to life, I think. Sound of Metal um,
2: definitely should have gotten that. I... Ah oh, man. <clears throat>
0: yeah, I, like I was the... somewhat surprised that Sentimental didn't win, um, but uh, I'm glad No Man Land won. I like that movie. Yeah. Um, best director, director of No Land, Chloe Zhao.
2: That um, one I do agree with. It was a very well directed movie.
3: They kind yeah, of like it's... they're they're kind of like hand in hand, best director and best film.
2: No, that's not true at all. Like you can, you can not have a best picture but direct a good movie.
3: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's not. I'm not. It's not 100 of the time, but I feel like a lot of the I feel, time. I feel. Yeah, I feel like those are. I would like to see the statistics of how many times Best Director and Best Film were the same movie.
2: Oh yeah, that would be an interesting uh, statistic. Yeah.
0: Um, and then Best Actress in a Leading Role: Frances McDormand for *Nomadland*.
2: Surprisingly, so, I agree with that too. She was very, very believable <laughs> in that role.
0: Um, far, far there's lead. two movies on this list. An actress in a leading role with very similar titles, "Pieces of a Woman" and "Promising Young Woman." Pieces Any of a Woman, I
3: heard, is a really uh, is a really. I get um,
0: I get them hard confused. to watch a movie. Um, and then we go to actor in a leading role, Anthony Hopkins for "The Father." Actress in a supporting role, we have uh, Yu Yoo Jung-yoon. I think that's how you say her name from "Minari." Um, we have Daniel Kalua Kaluya uh winning actor in a sporting role for *Judas and the Black Messiah*. Original song "Fight for You," *Judas and the Black Messiah*. Animated feature film *Went to Soul*, uh, which I'm, I didn't realize that *Onward* and *Soul* were released in the same year. Yeah,
3: it was w- weird. Pixar, Disney Pixar year because they had both of them. And <clears throat> I liked, I liked um, *Onward* better, but I agree mm-hmm. that *Soul* was a better movie by by quite a bit yeah it was it was more impressive it had better th- themes and more impact i think more bigger themes that are mm-hmm. more important i guess but uh i still liked onward a, a lot
0: um makeup and hairstyling by Randy's black bottom visual effects went to tenet cinematography went to Mank. film editing went to sound of metal which i didn't even realize that like that I guess I didn't really even notice the editing
2: in that movie, which I guess is yeah, a testament a to the editing. Well, uh, um, if you so, I watched Sound of Metal with, uh, with my headphones in, and you can really tell like how well crafted the sound was. That's sound design, well, not, though, not editing. That's sound design.
0: Not. But speaking of sound design, it did win for sound. Oh, okay. Well, um, of course. That- course so you're still you you still landed on the right uh right thought <laughs> um, <laughs> um cinematography film editing production design went to mink uh sound sound of metal a uh, little on the nose don't you think um <laughs> international feature film went to another round um yeah that was good then, was then good we movie. got documentary shorts documentary features went to my octopus teacher
3: yep
2: I heard Which about this. Great. I think you guys talked. Yeah, it- I talked about it. it was yeah, you talked, book, about about it. talked about it. I stream
3: picked mm-hmm. it. Oh, you did? Yeah, I, I did. must have watched. I must have watched it after you. It was really good.
2: Yeah, I heard a NPR uh, article. or I heard an NPR interview with the guy who did it, and I, after your guys' recommendation and NPR's recommendation, I, I really want to check it out. I thought it was like going to be like a weird sexual relationship between a man and an octopus, <laughs> but. Well, That's I mean, it, is still, is, it is still, it is still I mean, the description is still kind of sus, but I will I still mean, not, watch it. I it. mean, it's
3: not not a weird sexual relationship between a guy and an octopus.
0: <laughs> I mean, we only saw what he filmed, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> could've, there could have been full penetration.
2: Oh, God.
0: <laughs> but I what still want to watch it. It sounded dude. really good. The suction cups work? <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, blah blah blah, an animated short film. If anything happens, I love you. The one and only one that I did watch, before I even knew, cat as a tear for such a short movie, short film. Original screenplay, promising young woman, adapted screenplay, the father. Original score went to soul. Wow, the score went to soul. A movie about music. Okay, <laughs> Michael um, Frost and Trent Reznor. Costume design, Marini's black bottom. I feel like there's less awards whatever um <laughs> yeah so those are the winners the No No land won the big three best actor or no sorry yeah best actress best picture and best director um uh, some of the main ones and uh yeah all right exciting it so was, was a
3: 2020 i uh oh. yeah i i didn't uh i was not i was super shocked about a lot of the stuff but uh it made me want to watch The Father a lot more. I know. I, I really. Wanna, uh, want to watch it's it.
0: twenty bucks on Prime, I think, Ooh. or uh, Amazon, or you, <clears throat> whatever, Apple TV. Oh, thank uh, you. But um, let's not fund artists. We don't need them. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Okay, <laughs> then, what did Anthony Hopkins need more? <laughs> uh, His hundred million dollar it, Actually, I, think I did it, read something about uh, that movie, like the writing of that movie. Is that the director wanted? He like, wrote it specifically for Anthony Hopkins. Uh-huh. But then Anthony Hopkins, at the time when he was like first pitched the movie, um, didn't like want to do it or like the scheduling couldn't line up or something. Mm-hmm. And um, the he director- He didn't have severe
2: like, enough dementia to do it.
0: The director <laughs> really wanted him to do it and they like, kept on coming back to him. And then otherwise, if they didn't, if they didn't get an Anthony Hopkins, then the movie would have been in French. <laughs> Ooh, that's weird. Yeah, I, th- I assume because the filmmakers are French. Oh. Um, but uh, I really don't know. That's just what I read. <sighs> yeah. That anyway, interesting. Um. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, that's really all I have for news. Um, time for streaming picks.
2: Movies currently streaming live on the internet.
3: Streaming in.
0: I want my picks back. Stream-
2: Streaming into it Alright,
3: I
1: don't know who has the fucking pick Streaming
2: That story is streaming elsewhere
0: You
1: from the pick
2: Yeah
0: Alright, stream Who's picks first? Tyler, do, who, Tyler? What, are you, what are you stream picking?
2: Alright, I got uh, two streaming picks this week um, <clears throat> I think I've streamed pick this movie a few times earlier But I always have to do it when it comes a few up. times yeah yeah and that is uh indiana jones and the radio i'm just kidding um uh no it is great joke tyler i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh this is 2014's frank starring michael fassbender's lower half of his body uh, yeah. i i definitely have had to have stream picked this at least two times but Again, I'm doing, I'm doing, I haven't?
0: No. I don't remember ever you saying this. Oh, wow. Okay.
2: Well, I thought I did. But anyways, okay. So this is streaming on Amazon Prime. This is about John, a young wannabe musician, discovers he's bitten off more than he can chew when he joins an eccentric pop band led by the mysterious and enigmatic Frank. And Frank is a guy who has like a fake head, you know, uh, it's like like his gimmick sort of thing. It's like but, a
3: giant paper mache head on top of a normal body.
2: Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's basically like telling the story of an indie band who like starts to taste the fame of the music industry, and then things happen. And yeah, uh, I it, I don't want to give it give too much away because. It's really good to go into this movie cold like I did because I believe, uh, Pete, you recommended this movie to me like, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, several years ago and I watched it and I fell in love with it. And you know what it kind of reminds me of too? It kind of reminds me of like if they made a movie about Orville Peck. Like, you know, he Hmm. has the gimmick with like, you know, the mask and the tassels on his mask. I feel like it's kind of like in the same vein, like with having like a sort of like, head gimmick mm-hmm. uh like
0: not revealing your face yeah exactly <laughs> like like the gorillas like sia yeah <laughs> or daft punk or sia.
2: dead mouse
3: or marshmallow or marshmallow are you, are, <laughs> yeah
2: who's i don't marshmallow i don't understand what that means but um yeah so frank is, is what
3: this movie's uh i i 100% fully endorse this streaming pick because it is I've probably seen it six, seven times, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's So fucking good. Mm-hmm. The music's great. It's very yeah, it odd is. and strange. And uh, it's like Scott, Scott
0: Pilgrim if it didn't have
3: a budget.
2: Yeah, that's oh, yeah, pretty Ned. good. Scott, ah, I don't know about. And it that.
3: has, uh, it has, uh, what's his name, a uh, uh, Domino Gleason in it.
2: Yes. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. So this is streaming on Amazon Prime. <laughs> I really encourage everyone to watch this movie. I've watched it like three times, and it just it never it doesn't get old like every time i've seen it on a streaming service i will click it and watch it, it it's just great uh my next this is also,
3: also hold on tyler it's also streaming on hoopla voodoo Tubi, canopy redbox for free pluto tv and plex
2: oh wow so it's got a there's no excuse wide release yeah. <laughs> so my next streaming pick is uh, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. This was made in 1993. And yes, I know everyone's wondering, oh, you're streaming another Batman movie again. That's right. That's right. I am streaming another Batman movie because I can't get enough of Batman. Uh, HBO Max, is, is, they have all of the Batman movies on there. And I haven't watched them all, but the ones that I have watched have been incredible. Batman Mask of the Phantasm isn't as, it's not as great as The Return of the Joker, which is like the Batman Beyond Batman movie, but this movie does have its own merits. This was, and by the way, this was made in 1993, so you're watching this movie and the animation is just fantastic. It, and, and not only the animation, but the score too is just incredible. Mm-hmm. This was an Fun fact, this was released on Christmas. So can you imagine just being, you know, a little kid and then you see this uh, videotape uh, on Christmas? Like, I, I can't even imagine. This, it was a really good film. <laughs> uh, it wasn't as strong as, you know, like I said, Return of the Joker, but I feel like the animation is a little, I feel like the animation is stronger, more colorful, and the score is a lot more bigger than. Uh,
3: Any- any names that you can pull that did vo- notable names that did voices?
2: Oh, of course. Uh, I mean, the obvious one is Kevin Conroy, the best Batman voice to ever be had. And you,
3: know, you don't like Dietrich Bader as uh, Batman?
2: Uh he's okay. Like, I mean, you you can't beat Kevin Conroy. He he he's like the <laughs> quintessential Batman voice. Ah, uh,
0: yes, Kevin Conroy. We all know who that is.
2: How do you? I, well, I mean, if you haven't watched Batman: The Animated Series, like I could see why you wouldn't know him. Uh, and
0: is, is this a Mark Hamill
3: uh, attached at a, in any way?
2: And that, yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Uh, Mark Hamill is—he uh, is the Joker in this movie. The Joker plays a
3: second second fiddle to Kevin Conroy, though.
2: That's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know about Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, that's what he sounds like. And then uh, Commissioner Gordon's Bob Hastings—he's the best Commissioner Gordon voice ever. So, anyways, uh, I'm I'm only streaming picking this just because of my love for Batman and for me to uh, spread the Batman uh, joy to all of our listeners. And a fun (laughs) trivia fact before I uh, lead this off: Batman,
0: ever heard of him? (laughs) He's (laughs) got movies. The Dark Knight, sign me up.
2: Oh come on, there's a lot more uh, nuance to uh, just saying everyone knows Batman. You got to watch the Batman the animated series. Is Ben Ben Affleck in this? Okay. Oh my god. Okay. Well, you know what? Is
3: is Ben Affleck in this one?
2: Uh, Absolutely not. Uh, Pass. No pass. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) He was the worst Batman. Like I don't even give me Batfleck. Oh my god. Okay. Val Kilmer. The Val yeah. Kilmer. Never heard of him. <laughs> George Clooney.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you do you so you are finding where's Batman's. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I just wanna point out this uh, one fun trivia fact that I found out about uh Batman the animated series is that they don't they don't uh animate on white paper. They animate on black paper to capture the noir of mm. Gotham. And I thought that was a really fun fact and I don't think really any Animation studios has done that since.
0: Um, I don't think they use paper anymore.
2: Well, not well. Of course not. But back in the nineties, they were, and I think they were like one of the only ones that were using black paper to animate on rather than that is the traditional kinda white interesting, paper. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyways, uh, I concede. Uh, Pete, uh, you got any streaming picks this week?
3: Yes, I do. Um, <clears throat> in preparation for *Beast of the Southern Wild*, I took note of my co-hosts stream pick from a little while ago and i also watched wendy on hbo max from 2020 mm. it was uh fant- fantastical it was a. Uh, I i really loved it. so i won't spend too much time on it since uh, joseph already mentioned it but basically it's set in the uh, loosely set in the peter pan universe it is it shows the origins of wendy morgan or wendy mora angela darling <clears throat> and her two brothers And auspiciously, very excitingly, the origins of Captain James Hook, which I did not expect to see. I thought that was kind of cool, and it was it kind of takes an alternative uh, approach to the The relationship, lore, and the relationship and the history. Um, Peter Pan is played by an unexpected uh, uh, actor, and the the whole the whole story is. Was very it was it was really really well done it was it was nice um, <clears throat> I kind of wish I watched beasts first and then Wendy um, because this is definitely a much higher quality production mm-hmm. and, and uh, but it, it after watching the two of them undeniable the voice of the director is is it's it's almost like Tim Burton you know the second you're watching a Tim Burton movie you're watching that yeah yeah so um, but it was very it was very very cool so that's on uh, HBO Max. The character design for Mother, once you if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. But the character design for Mother was so cool. I love that quite a bit. Mother. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I can faintly hear Danzig in the background. <laughs> um, so uh, the new streaming pick has not been mentioned. I don't think this has ever this movie's ever been mentioned on this podcast. Uh, this is from. 2020 if you go by Just Watch and 2019 if you go by IMDb, so I'm not sure if it was released in 2019 and then delayed a little bit or something, but this is a Daniel Radcliffe led insane action comedy called Guns Akimbo.
2: Oh, yeah, I knew you were <clears throat> going to say that.
3: Have you have you seen it, Tyler?
0: No. I've been wanting to watch this. I was going to watch it like a couple of weeks ago, but I just never ended up doing it. It's... Uh, it's campy. It's cheesy. It
3: is undeniably fun and weird as shit. Um, <clears throat> it has. Uh, it's also starring Samara Weaving um, as like the second build. She's. It's it's kind of. Uh, Reese you know also Reese Darby has a great little small cameo in it, which is so funny. But uh, the idea is that it's is in the semi distant future, possibly even in the, in the present, mm. and there is a underground ring of. Bad guys, ne'er do wells, which are essentially letting people fight to the death and recording it on, um, like this website, this dark web website. And it's, it's kind of like Gamer, where you get the prisoners have to fight each other and everyone's watching, or like Nerve. There's a a million, you know, movies that are kind of going down that road for the plot. But this one, they are, Mostly recruited by their own free will. In this, the beginning of the story, Daniel Radcliffe is forced into this because he's a uh, very progressive troll that trolls like um, what he considers bad people on the internet. So he goes on this website and is like, I can't believe you fucking assholes are watching this. You know, these are real people that are dying. And the moderator from the website is like, Oh, you're a big tough guy behind your keyboard, huh? Next thing he knows, like six hours later, there's people bust- busting his door down in his apartment complex and he gets kidnapped. And <clears throat> he gets two guns, very large caliber guns, surgically permanently installed through his hands. <laughs> so he's, he's holding the guns permanently. They're literally bolted through his hands like Christ.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <clears throat> and there's like 50 rounds per gun, and there's a little meter on it that he can see How does from he where reload? he's at. He doesn't. He
0: has to be There's, very careful.
3: Yeah. Just imagine how he takes a piss. <laughs> which they explore in this. Uh, yes. So it's over the top, and then Samara Weaving plays the like the reigning champion, undefeated, uh kinda like um Gerard Butler's character in Gamer. He she's like the the head person, she's whatever her name is and she's yeah. everyone everyone likes her and they pit them two against each other this Sniveling shit poster, you know, righteous shit poster who's just a nerd who collects figurines in his house and doesn't want to do mm-hmm. anything bad and whatever. And that's a new sentence. It's sen- pretty. It's, that's
2: a new sentence. I've never heard of righteous shit poster.
3: <laughs> yeah, he kind of is a righteous shit poster. So, uh, but it was it was fun. Uh, again, this is uh, streaming on HBO Max. Um, oh, sorry, not HBO Max. Amazon Prime, <clears throat> and uh, it's only a like three dollar rental if you don't have Prime. So, it, I, I, I would recommend it for three or four bucks. Um, it's over the top and it kind of feels like, um, smoking aces Mm, in the, mm -hmm. in like that ultra violent over the top characters or like comic book characters brought to life. The bad guy is a recognizable face. I couldn't tell you his name or what he was been in before, but I know I've seen his face a few times and he's completely covered in face tattoos and he looks like a, like a insane madman and he is in this movie. So yeah, that was, that was very fun. That's Guns Akimbo, uh, Amazon Prime. Cool. And then <clears throat> I watched the aforementioned Wes Anderson's first feature length production from 1996, starring Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson, not playing brothers in the movie. This is called Bottle Rocket, <clears throat> based on a short from three years prior of the same name, also starring Owen and Luke Wilson, directed and written by Wes Anderson and Owen Wilson. <clears throat> so, do you guys know anything about this movie? I do I know that Jason Schwartzman is in it. Um I didn't see him in it. Isn't he in it? I don't think so. Mm, I'm gonna look through the cast real quick and see if I might have missed him. I don't believe so. That's uh, his the follow up to this was um Rushmore, which was stars uh, I'm Jason Rushmore. Schwartzman. Never mind. Yeah. And I really liked Rushmore a lot and I feel like Rushmore is like the perfect the perfect amount of Wes Anderson for the people that are like sick of that, like ultra stylized style that he has, that he's really come into.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, if you don't like that, if you're just like, okay, that's too hipster for me, go watch Rushmore. It's very similar elements, but done with, he's got his feet under him, it's but watered he's not down. Y- yeah. It's like, it's basically like early Tim Burton before he went completely balls to the wall with Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. Um, you know, Alice in Wonderland type Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Some people just don't like that style. But uh, Bottle Rocket is a really interesting movie to watch because Wes Anderson has such a specific voice and such a specific look to all his movies. And we all know Grand Budapest Hotel, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, Royal Tenenbaums. Uh, they, Darjeeling. Uh, Dar, Dar, yeah, Darjeeling Limited. It's Like when you watch those movies, you can't not see Wes Anderson over every, even Fantastic Mr. Fox, completely different medium. You know it's a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, yeah. The dialogue, the set design, the details, and it's it's so so good. The classic music, the classic rock. Yes, yes, and Bottle Rocket is like it's like watching the. I mean, it is what it is the origin story of that artist. So very very cool. It's like like discovering like having a a band you really love, then finding their first album that you you never heard, and everyone talks about it, or it's maybe not even talked about. I I don't really hear a whole lot of people talking about Bottle Rocket. and the story is that Owen and Luke Wilson's characters are Anthony and Dignan, and they both are um, mental house patients, like mental hospital patients, and yeah. they leave on their own accord, and they um, Luke Wilson gets roped into Dignan's his friends' uh, like schemes to like con- com- commit like breaking uh, armed robberies, breaking and entering. Uh-huh which is funny because it's like the it's it's like they're <clears throat> you know how in like Moonrise Kingdom every little adventure that the characters go on they have their little backpack and they have their compass and it's like yeah. everything's laid out just so there's scenes of them like planning there's these this B&E on a on a business and they're talking about how they're you know we need to have a code word and we have a signal and we're gonna go in here let's get matching jumpsuits you know so we look professional and oh, we need to find a gun. And there's like a really quick scene of them procuring a gun and f- settling on the right gun. And then them talk, it, talking about their, their heist and how that's going to go while one of the characters is fiddling with the gun. And they get in an argument over how you can't touch the gun while we're talking because then you're just distracted. And I know you're distracted. Mm-hmm. It's the, the dialogue is so funny. And <clears throat> it's you can tell that the movie is done with very low budget but has the same tones as uh, Wes Anderson. So uh, very, very cool. I recommend everybody should watch this if you like any Wes Anderson movies. And It's uh, Bottle Rocket 1996 on Amazon Prime. And then very briefly, uh, there's a documentary that I've heard really great things about called Man on Wire, 2008. I'll tell you, it that's one, an old one. one. Yeah, one best documentary feature at um, the Oscars that year. And it is in its essence a um, <clears throat> heist movie as well it's literally just documents the um this french tightrope artist named uh Philippe Petit very the most french name i've ever heard in my life <laughs> and he that's got to be a stage he, name no that's him it's that's his name <laughs> philippe, philippe petit, petit. philippe mm. petit supposedly that's him he's a famous okay. tightrope walker <clears throat> but um he just all of a sudden one day He's already a tightrope walker, but he sees the, build, the construction of the World Trade Center in the 70s mm-hmm. and goes, I'm going to put a wire between those two and I'm going to walk across it. And they do it illegally. And yeah. the entire thing is them trying to set it up and how they have a team and how they're going to put it all together and where they're going to place the guy wires and them casing the joint for literally months yeah. to make it happen. And who's filming just,
0: this footage too?
3: Um, most, of the, most of the actual footage is, is like photos Mm. And then there's a lot of reenactments done in black and white that are done also very well. Oh, okay. um, it, it's, it, it is very good, but uh, you know, it's a documentary. It's a uh, easy to easy going down. It's an hour and 34 minutes. That's also streaming on uh, a million things. It's streaming on canopy Redbox for free and Pluto TV. And uh, it's a 99 cent rental on Amazon prime. So th- I watched him back to back And the pairing of the two was very cool because it was like this ultra stylized, goofy, low stakes heist. And then a real life heist with characters that are almost more exaggerated because that Philippe Petit is a character like I've never seen before. So, so entertaining and so uh, enigmatic. He's just an interesting guy. So I'd (laughs) I'd say watch watch the both of those. It's really good. I
2: was going to say, I thought you were going to compare that to Guns Akimbo.
3: No. <laughs>
0: Nothing's like that.
2: Oh, okay. <clears throat> so
3: that, that's that's it, Jamie. Go ahead.
0: go ahead. Um so I have a couple stream picks. They're not movies, they're both shows. Um this first one um is a mini uh doc series uh streaming on Hulu that was released on recently, um in April um of this year. And uh, it's called Sasquatch. And Ooh, I um, heard about this this is I think it's only like three or four episodes long um but it is like nothing like I thought it was gonna be um it's uh basically the plot of the documentary it follows this investigative journalist David Holdhouse who like like who throughout his whole career like he's infiltrated like 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 Nazi uh regimes and like sort of almost like gone undercover to just do investigative journalism Mm -hmm. um and he, uh, it takes place up in the Emerald Triangle, so like Humboldt, Mendocino County, um, mm. all the all the weed growers up there. And um, he's trying to solve a a twenty five year old triple homicide that was it was blamed on Sasquatch. Like supposedly, Sasquatch uh, is okay. the one that killed these people. <laughs> I love that. And like premise. when you hear when you hear the nature of like yeah it was Sasquatch the, man, like when you hear the nature of the crime, it's like it sounds like Sasquatch did this, um, because like these people were like torn apart basically, um, and um, and they like even in the first episode they talk about like the idea of like Sasquatch doing it. And they interview people who believe in Sasquatch, and um, they interview this cop or ex cop I should say, and. If you didn't believe in Sasquatch before, by the end of his segment on the documentary, you will believe in Sasquatch because it is terrifying. Um, his that he explains like his encounter with a supposed Sasquatch, and it is like one of the scariest things that that I've heard. Oh my um, god! Yeah, and like he 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 breaks down in tears. Is it is. Uh, hmm. it is Scary to watch. Oh
2: my God! Sasquatch brought this man to tears. Well, I already believe. I already believed before, but I believe now.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. And like the the idea, like people. I mean, there's another documentary. I think it's on Netflix called Murder Mountain, which is about um like it's it's more about like the people who grow weed up in yeah. Up in that, I and saw Emerald I triangle. saw I saw that one. That... And like how there's like like they take their shit like seriously. Like they... they'll murder, they'll <laughs> literally kill you. Yeah. Um
2: yeah, yeah, they're hippies with AKs.
0: Um it's really well produced and like y- it's really really eerie. Like this this show is really like it's really engaging and like they, they do these reenactments in uh, animation and um it's really cool. I, I highly recommend this. Priya
3: wow. um, watched this series and she said it was really good. Oh, I can't and wait. She she also said that all a lot of the stories that she heard the people telling Mm-hmm. were almost identical to stories that her dad has told her about his own Sasquatch sightings. Her yeah, yeah. dad
2: has owned Sasquatch sightings too. Oh my god. Yeah,
0: he's yeah. I I he's told me before. Yeah <laughs> it, it is similar now that he, like now that I'm thinking about it. Um but this this cop, like it was it was crazy to hear him talk about it. Um so yeah Sasquatch streaming on uh Hulu. Hulu? Yeah, sweet. Watch sweet. It. it. You could just binge through it in three hours. It's so good. Um, <laughs> and then I started watching. I haven't finished it, but I started watching it today. This show. So we all know the director uh, Nicholas Winding Refn from Director of Drive, Only mm-hmm. God Forgives, Neon mm-hmm. Demon. Um, so this is a yeah, show. Rising. You have a Hollow Rising, his debut. Um, so um, he his most recent work is a is a TV show that's streaming on prime right now called too old to die young. Um, and it is starring miles Teller as the lead. Um, and it basically so far, I've only watched one episode. It's about 10 episodes total. Mm -hmm. And so far, Oh, this, the first episode is an hour and a half long. The next episode is also an hour and a half long. And like (laughs) each episode is like an hour, like around an hour over long. And then the last episode is only 30 minutes long. Um, so, yeah, so it's a very interesting show. It basically is mixed between drive and true detective.
1: <coughs>
0: hmm. um, it, like you get the vibe of drive, but like it's even more eerie with the true detective aspect of it because it's like he plays this he plays a cop and um in uh, Miles in Los Angeles, yeah, Miles Teller plays a cop. In Los Angeles, and he's doing his best, uh, like Ryan Gosling from Drive Impersonation. Um, it's very, very moody, very atmospheric. Uh, just right from the get go, you, you know that this is a Nicholas Wining Refn production. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, it starts off with this really uncomfortable uh, scene between. So Miles Teller and his partner um, pull over this young woman. For running a red light and his partner, Miles Teller's partner, has an exchange with this young woman that is really, really uncomfortable. Um, he's basically holding her hostage um in this conversation. Uh-huh. Um and um yeah, it's uh I've I've heard that it gets like weirder from here from the first episode. So um <laughs> it's uh it's but it's it's it is really good. Like production wise, like I think Nicholas Wanning Reference is a really good visual director. I think he, his past work, I think he needs help with writing. Um, mm. I think he needs someone else to help. I think he needs another person with him to help him write some stuff. Because um, Drive wasn't an original. It was a, it was a book, I think. Um, it was
2: based off of a, uh, like, folktale, if I'm not mistaken, of the frog. Or, no, the scorpion going yeah, onto yeah. the frog's yeah, yeah. back, yeah. Um, I mean, it was fine. But, it was fine. I mean, some of the dialogue in drive was a little bit kind of no human, uh, no other human would exist in this real world. No,
0: like, so like his movies, like they exist in it, Like, this is a different earth. Like this is another, yeah. world, S- um, slightly different reality. Yeah. I mean, I like drive a lot and, um, yeah, um, I'm his, sure. His, uh, his following movies were not as good as drive, but they're interesting. Um, uh, and um, I, I don't know. Neon yeah, Demon so was good. So far, um to the Young is. I'm still skeptical, but it, it this first episode was really interesting and really well done. Um,
2: well, report back to us on the next episode. Uh, yeah. On uh, the. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna watch it too. You know, what, I. it yeah. Sounds good. I think it's I, a commitment. Yeah, I think I <laughs> might. Which I probably won't, but I might
1: i was just gonna
3: say that doesn't mean anything I you've you I've, I've had like 10 streaming picks where you're like well you sold me i'm gonna watch it tonight and then nothing um, <laughs> hey well i'm a busy i'm up. a
2: busy man yeah so yeah so those are my <laughs> stream picks
0: those are our stream picks and uh yes yeah, so let's get if we're ready let's get into beasts of the southern wild yes oh, oh. yes i love this movie fantastic <laughs> um so, yeah, I'll start off with uh, some a little uh, little description here. So, Beast of the Sun the Wild, directed by Ben Zeitlin. <laughs> uh, um, this was released in 2012. It is about... Uh, faced with both her hot-tempered father's fading health and melting ice caps that flood her ramshackle bayou community and unleash ancient beings, mm-hmm. six-year-old Hush Puppy must learn the ways of courage and love. That synopsis was kind of pretentious. Um, and really but, inaccurate,
2: um, <laughs> too. <laughs> uh,
0: no, it's accurate. Hey, uh um, wow. Okay. That's basically what happens in the movie. Like, visually, that's what happens in the movie. Yeah. um oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of thematic elements in this movie. Hush Puppy, uh, played by... Qwen uh, Wallace? Qwen Quaven, Wallace.
2: Quavenzane Wallace. And her I've re- dad? I researched
3: the name and I practiced that. <laughs> oh, I was going to
2: say uh, since you're uh, you know, since you're a manager, you know, you have to pronounce names correctly. I do. Yeah. You uh, know the trick is
3: to pronouncing a name, sorry Joseph, the pronouncing a name that you're not sure how to pronounce on the phone, just say it really fast. Oh, okay. <laughs> just like your mum look at that
2: hey amazing at, how you doing <laughs> look at that classmates there, there's some they ad- get the idea there's, there's some advice for you there
0: um, there you go so her father played by Dwight Henry and those are really the only two characters I mean there's a bunch of other people but there's a there are the really only two that you are following well the other
2: characters it. were actually residents of the bathtub
0: yeah <laughs> um, well no but yeah um <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so this movie, released in 2012, it was nominated for four Oscars. Yeah. Um, it was nominated for Best Picture of the Year, Best Performance by Kua Vanzene Wallace. Um, Kua <laughs> Best Achievement in Directing, and Best Writing. Um, it mm. won none of them, but mm. uh, the actress, Little Girl, she was the youngest ever to be nominated for that award.
2: She should have won um, that. Yep. She should have won that. By
0: quite a... Quite a bit, and in the same year, the I, th- I think it was like the oldest person was nominated yeah. for best actress or actor. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and, we all uh, thought
2: 2012 was going to be the end of the world, so you know we were just like, let's just break <laughs> new ground right now before we all die.
3: <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was uh, Eman- Emmanuel Riva, aged 85. Mm. Oh my God, that best actress nominee for Amor
2: Wait, how old uh, is yes, Anthony Amor. Hopkins? Then he he must be like uh, like 96 years old. <laughs>
0: I don't think he's 96 years old. 96. <laughs> Testament to his acting, he looks 96. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so I love this movie. I saw it in theaters when it came out, like I said earlier, and I'm watching it. I've seen it probably is my third time watching it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and you put um, yourself yeah, I, through I still that get
2: three times.
0: <laughs> what do you mean put myself? It's a great movie. It's this is
2: certainly a movie. <laughs>
0: it has such a has such a bittersweet feeling, which is great because mm-hmm. like you get a little bit of you get that little sweet, a little happy, and then you get a little bitter taste of real life. Mm-hmm. And um, this movie has both the fantastical elements mixed with the real world. Yeah, all from the perspective of this little girl. Yeah, and I'm it's sure. combined so so seamlessly. Um, mm-hmm. it works well and the music is really good the way it's filmed it's so like it's so grounded in reality while also not being reality at all
2: it's not Um, like cold creek manor where the shaky cam doesn't make sense like the shaky cam in this movie does make sense (laughs) (laughs)
0: um that's a good point yeah it's uh it's i i got the same emotions i did as the first time i watched it the second time i watched it and third time i watched it and uh yeah, very, very good. And uh well, I know this is both your guys' first time watching this. Mm-hmm. That that's right. Yes, sir. All right. Uh let's start with some initial thoughts from uh Tyler. What did you think?
2: Uh yeah, I really like this movie. I didn't expect to be bawling my eyes out at uh two o'clock in the morning. But um yeah, it was <laughs> it was really great. I think the dialogue was a little bit too much in some scenes uh, i i feel like i didn't need so much exposition from the little girl like i feel like they could have done that better with her actions but regardless the writing of the expositions were really good so that's forgivable i really like the dad in this movie too he i think he really stole the show like We all want to focus on the little girl because, you know, did a fantastic job. I'm not I don't want to take that away from her. But the dad really encapsulated. I I mean, we all lived through the time where the New Orleans uh, hurricane levees broke. And so if you read into that, like there was a lot of people who were like, I'm not going to leave because of some storm. I've lived here for 50 years. He encapsulated that. And I think he did that very well. I really loved it. Uh, There's not much more I can say other, I mean, there is a lot more than I can say, but for initial thoughts, there's not much more I can say other than that. I think this was a very well-crafted film. The music, like you said, Joseph, was really impactful to the surroundings of of each scene. And I think what I, I don't know. I think that the, supporting cast like all of the neighbors and stuff I think they could have done a little bit better. It was kind of a little heavy-handed in some of their uh, delivery and lines but other than that great film, I'm glad I watched it and by the way uh, I was watching this in the middle of the night and I was bawling my eyes out at the end and my lovely Sabrina she was she was uh, you know sitting next to me and you know she was kind of dozing off and she was like, are you crying and I was like this is just such a good movie. So yeah, uh, great, great film, Uh, Pete. uh, What are your initial thoughts on uh, this movie?
3: Uh, I enjoyed it as well. I thought it was very fun Um, for a mostly sad movie. It was like hopeful in the depressing parts. You know, Mm -hmm. like the lives the lives that a lot of these people led were by all accounts depressing. If you were to like pluck you or I or normal. American life and just plunk them down there in the bathtub. Yeah. We'd probably all go, Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm screwed. Now yeah. I got to kill this chicken and then eat it. And, and it's been in that ice chest for two, who knows how long. Oh My God. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. It was, uh, it was like, it was almost like watching like people on an abandoned Island form their own society. Um, but everyone was in a good mood and everyone was excited and they were all having fun. And, I like I just like just the little touches about their little uh, kind of society that they were living in like the baby race that they f- show for a oh yeah just a hot minute in the very beginning It was like that's awesome I love that um but it, again it was very fun in that aspect you're you're attached to hush puppy and she's just so adorable and surprising as an actress and um, Dwight Henry as as wink as her father was tough. So, so damn good. First credit ever, too. Both mm-hmm. of them. Obviously, yeah. obviously, obviously Quovenzanae's first uh, credit. She was like seven or something. <clears throat> oh,
0: she was she actually, actually six it. or five.
3: During the yeah, during the casting, she was yeah. five. The I think her mom had to lie. I, yeah, yeah. A, I was reading the trivia on this one and her mom had to lie, say that she was six years old when they did the casting. But by the time they filmed it, I think she was six. 7 or about to be 7 and then by the Oscar she was 9. Yeah. <clears throat> um but yeah, ultimately a, a mild fantasy just like Wendy was. Um Wendy was more fantastical than this one was, but uh I like that where you're in a you're in a world that it has some fantastical elements to it, so you're never quite sure what's real and what's not. I mean, it was like a like a muted version of Pan's Labyrinth but with a yeah. uh, upbeat tone, you know. Mm. It, it, you didn't feel like you wanted to. You, you didn't feel depressed during the entire thing, like Pan's Labyrinth. <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Uh, you mentioned briefly, Joseph, that it kind of had a feel like uh, Where the Wild Things Are, that um, mm-hmm. yeah. that uh, movie, the movie adaptation of the children's book. Yeah, yeah. And I, I I got that a lot. It was it felt quite a bit like that, but I liked this one better, even though that was a higher budget movie. So yeah, yeah, me too. All, all in all, I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad you put it on the wheels. thank you.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's great. I, I, I know I have a drop for this. I don't know if it's on the board. I can't play it. Um, but like <laughs> it, it goes like this is the Arcade Fire of movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's it 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 doesn't really apply because what I, th- I what I, want to say is that these movies both. Beasts of the Wild and Wendy. I think they're both like they, it's very similar themes to our kid fires first album funeral, which like deals with like youth and like growing up and all that stuff. And like, I, and like I, I almost like kind of hear their music, like, like they're when I'm watching these movies, like the their most popular song, can, which is wake that, up. Yeah. is about like children growing up and like holding mm-hmm. on to like, being rambunctious and rebellious. Um, which is what I get from these movies is like, Mm is it's focus, the focus is on the children and like, they're like, they're just wild kids basically, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And like you were saying, Pete, about the, uh, like, it's depressing to watch these people who live in this part of uh, America. Um, Louisiana. And it's not, it's not, at least I don't think it's said in the movie exactly where, I mean, it was filmed in Louisiana, Um, but. um, I, I think it's heavily alluded that it's Louisiana. Yeah. I mean it's like they talk about it's I don't know if they talk about the bayou, but it bas I mean it's it would be hard not to just assume that it's like it's probably like in Louisiana or Mississippi or something. Um and um where was I even going with this? <laughs> <laughs> oh you were talking You're about lost like, love. watching these people who like live they're basically homeless, but they've made a community at this edge of mm-hmm. on the coast, basically. And um they're they're basically surviving out there and like while we would look at it. Like you you look at the way they're acting and like you, it doesn't look like they're missing anything like they have everything they want yeah. or they need in this society that they've created but like mm. thinking about it like take like taking a step back and looking at oh, that it's a very depressing situation because they have to like they're basically homeless but they've made their own society like they've made their own little civilization well um, yeah they're living off the land you
2: know it, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I feel like this uh, well, it's it essentially it's a shanty town, but yeah. I feel like it was an actual town at some point because everyone is very familiar with fishing, and you know catching crawdads and stuff like that. So I feel like at one point back in the you know 50s or something, they were a fishing town, and then they just abandoned ship, and then they built that levee, and then their descendants just stayed there, and also. I have to say yes it's this movie puts on a spotlight of the hopefulness of this society but the mortality rate in the objective aspect is probably very high it felt very tetanacy to me when I was watching this it's like <laughs> you get one cut from you get one cut from those car doors you're done for like uh, <clears throat> you know I mean there were, there were
0: some older folk in the community I mean
2: well, yeah, it, it, and I'm pretty sure the booze was keeping them alive too. I, that... Bree,
0: uh, had said she goes, "I, I,
3: it would be really fun to live in a place like Louisiana, like that, that has so much history and culture to it, like multiculturalism in mm-hmm. the, the bayou and the, you know, that sort of, uh, what, what, what's that uh, nationality? Creole, uh, Cajun, Creole, Creole, Cajun, whatever you yeah. want to call it. I don't know what the official term is, but I was like, you would actually like to live down there, knowing." knowing Brianna as well as I do. And she goes, uh, she goes, yeah, sounds great. I'm like, what about the humidity? She goes, no, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Forgot about the humidity. (laughs) You know, give me AC, baby. And I,
2: and I relate to Brianna's feeling too, because like oftentimes I romanticize like living in a small town in a, you know, in the South and just, you know, it, it seems great Because you hear stories of how great it is, but the reality of it is it's awful. And this movie really, uh, uh, I don't want to, is extrapolate a good word for it? I'm not sure. But it really points out how bad it is when the father is gone for like, they don't say like what time frame he's gone for, but the little girl, uh, Hush Puppy, like she's like calling out for her dad for, like, I want to say, like, three days. And she Mm -hmm. lives in her own house, too, which is I thought was strange as well. And she's eating cat food. Cat food with, like, crab juice? And she's... It was, like,
0: gravy or something.
2: Yeah, oh, my God. And it's, like, yeah, that's... And I kind of realized, you know... There's not really an antagonist in this film. Well, I, I'll get into the real antagonist of this film uh, at the end of the review. But uh, the real antagonist of this film is the community. Because they allow their children to... I like,
3: I like how you said, I'm, I'll get into it at the end of this review,
2: and then you immediately say... Oh, well, you know? don't you worry. I have, I have a whole <laughs> perspective of this movie that I want to get into. But the... It, in actuality, though, the community was the antagonist of this film because they're allowing these children to live in such squalor and dangerous conditions, and they're all drunk all the time too. It, they don't. That is true. Like they, they don't. <laughs> what yeah. the he? Oh my god. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> they're, right.
3: They're like drunk as
2: rednecks. <laughs> like they're just drunk, passing out on uh, their porches while these kids are running around dirty. Uh, you know, diapers aren't being changed. Like I don't know. Like
3: it makes you wonder, like how many children have already died this year alone in in the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. Just from negligence. And that's not to take
2: away from the greatness of this film. It just like it's a good thought game to think about when you see f- it, it's. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, that movie with Willem Dafoe. Uh, the it's not Florida World. Flor- Florida, oh, project. Florida, project. Florida project. Florida project. Yeah. Where, like, it kind of, like, highlights, like, the hopefulness of people living in squalor. But, like, you actually, if you think about it, like, their day-to-day lives are just yeah. horrifying.
0: I mean, because both these movies, both Florida Project and this movie are told from the pers- perspective of these kids who don't know any better. Oh, So, yeah. like, they're, just, they're mm-hmm. just doing, they're just living their best lives with what they have available to them. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. they don't know anything better. So, it's, like... Like how could it be better than this you know um mm. and like to even like think of that like for us, obviously, we would know like what would be better- well I don't know if we should say what's better for them, but um <laughs> like you know like living like we i think objectively we could say like those are not great living conditions, yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> objectively, i agree um. <laughs> Yeah, she has her own house. I'm surprised there's even gas lines going up to that place that like she's able to use the stove.
2: Oh yeah, that like yeah, that was an interesting.
0: <laughs> it,
3: it, I, it might just be like a propane powered yeah, one because be. a lot of I think it was an wasn't an RV or something.
0: No, it, it was like a lift. It was, like an it was RV an elevated a like a mobile home or something. But
2: you could see uh propane yeah. tanks in front of the houses though. Like I did notice that uh watching this movie is there <laughs> was several propane. Yeah. Tanks. A lot of
3: RVs have. Yeah, RVs have propane powered uh, uh, ovens yeah. and stuff. Yeah, um, I, I liked how she just like, yeah, you know what? My dad's being an asshole to me. I'm gonna fucking burn the house down. I know.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was.
3: <laughs> I love that was my one of my favorite. That scenes. That was a, when she's sorry. hiding in the little back room while it's burning to the ground, and you're I, I was in my head. I was thinking. I don't think she's gonna like self-immolate uh-huh. here because the movie just started, but uh, it kind of seems that way. And then she's drawing her own little you know in in 100 years everyone will be talking about how there was a hush puppy in the bathtub yeah yeah and and i love, i really like that like the cave drawings
0: that was super yeah, cool yeah that was yeah. really cool i like yeah, she's doing what she's using what she has available to her to like yeah, make basically shape her reality of of things like this is this is like her cave drawings these are her her things that that this is like her story yeah, um, and they allude to that
2: too w- in the uh, school scene where the 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 teacher she has a cave drawing tattoo on her leg.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what
3: was the name of that creature, Joseph? What's the
0: auroch? the Uru? auroch. Auroch. This is an auroch. Mm-hmm. Um, spelled A U R U C H. Auroch. Auroch, which was a real, which is apparently was a real uh, animal. Yeah, it was like a prehistoric pig cow or something. Yeah, it kind of looked like. I mean, it was like a pig like rhino <clears> combo <throat> elephant thing. <laughs> I think for the actual filming of that, uh, the the character
3: for the, the Alrac, mm-hmm. I th- think they just used young pigs. Yeah, and they dressed young them up, potbelly pigs, and then put like the shawl on them. Yeah, with the horns and stuff. They filmed because, uh,
0: using miniatures.
3: Yeah, yeah, and the. Um, but I think they were young because they, you, if you look like when you zoom in on the eyes, mm-hmm. it kind of, lo- they look like their eyes are bigger than you would think from a, like a, like a full big ass pig and pigs are a lot cuter when they're younger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they well, were that's subjective. Kind of cute.
0: <laughs> mm, I think objectively a piglet is cute as fuck. Yeah. I, <laughs> total... and, well, you started that, you started that sentence with, I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it, you got the me there. Joke. My, uh, my first uh not my first um the opening scene of this movie is like i one of my favorite parts of the movie yes the, yeah the opening with the fire the fireworks open. which seemed pretty dangerous but um like it was just so like with the music and everything and the title card shows up and it's like oh my god i feel it's <laughs> like i just like all right this is uh it's kind of like how i felt watching uh, the beginning of um uh last black man san francisco oh like, yeah oh yeah. yeah just the opening sequence is like all oh, right let's do this that yeah, was yeah it was a great cold open um but yeah i mean thematically i feel like this movie tackles like climate change and sure. like corporate greed and uh uh basically a little uh, bit of authoritarianism uh, all, all,
2: too all
0: all the bad things yeah um Apparently, this was filmed right after the BP oil uh, spill. Oh, um, okay. And so the they had to uh, film around the cleanup operations. Um, Whoa! And like the set design in this movie is insane. Like, I feel like they had to have found this area and then like let's film here, and like it just seems insane to me that like it, that both like they one either made it made this whole like mm. these look like location scouting and then they put all these houses here like these abandoned destroyed houses or b they found a location that had everything they needed and you know they just yeah that's film there so that's both of those ideas are are crazy to me
2: yeah it, that that's mm. really interesting that you brought that up because I had that same thought too because it seems so natural well and obviously yeah. they were on location like this was this was no uh, set that they were filming on. And I was thinking the same thing. If they built this set, that must have been a Herculean effort to make something feel like a shanty town. Or they Mm -hmm. found this shanty town that was just abandoned after, you know, whatever happened there. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, either way, both options are very extraordinary to think about
1: yeah
3: i liked i liked when they when the flood or the when the, when the storm comes for one the storm was exciting that was cool I yes how wink goes out and shoots his shotgun into the storm yeah he's trying like, to that, make that, that his cool.
0: uh, kid feel better you know yeah like he's I, got it was, under I, control I,
3: we talked about quite a bit when we were watching this Bree and i about whether wink is a good dad or a bad dad oh, yeah, and bad. <laughs> i think that the way i land the way i land where i landed it on it was that uh he was doing the best he could with what he's mm. got and he doesn't Just have like everybody else he, he, yeah pretty much and uh you know for his lot in life he's he's raising hush puppy strong he's making her basically don't take shit from no one and like the scene with the crab when they're eating the the, they're doing the seafood
0: yeah the, seafood yeah boil. beast it beast it
3: and yeah and he he's telling her like the one guy's trying to tell her oh use the tool and break it open like this to get the crab meat out and wink's like fuck that beast it beast it yeah break that motherfucking half yeah. <laughs> and you're like oh shit he's like he doesn't want anything he doesn't want this fight you know six seven year old he doesn't girl. want any uh any handouts yeah he wants, I mean, nothing. Been, he wants
0: her he wants her he's been her to be strong just like he's been shafted by the man so,
2: yeah, and you know, you only got your own. I, I understand where you're coming from, Pete, on on that aspect. But if he was a good dad, like he wouldn't, he, he's raising his daughter to be strong, yes, but strong for a harsh environment where he could not, mm-hmm. he could create an environment that's not so harsh that she has to be on her own and survive. And, you know, th- there was uh, it, one scene. Well, there's several scenes, but the first scene where he says, no crying aloud, like, don't cry. Like, that's such mm-hmm. a toxic thing to say to a child. Like, don't express your emotions. And then she hides behind, uh, like, that ice cooler or something like that. And I was just thinking mm-hmm. through my whole, t- my, I was thinking the whole time, like, oh, my God, like, you're telling your your six-year-old child not to express you know, human emotion. Like you have to be strong, like 24 seven. I think that comes as a detriment, but again, to give credit, I'm not saying well, he's a good, I'm not saying he's I was a good gonna dad say, to give credit to what you're saying is he's, she, he's giving her what he can, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't know yeah, any better. Like, so, so like he, in he that does. sense, yes, he's a good dad, but overall, if you want
3: if you wanted to take her out of that situation and put her into a more comfortable situation in which he doesn't have to live like such a hard ass all the time, he would have to be able to physically pull himself up out Mm -hmm. of squalor Mm -hmm. and start a life, which either he a doesn't want to do or B doesn't have the knowledge or means to do.
2: So So, I, so I do agree with that. Like he's a good dad in the sense that he's a, he's doing the best in his own mental capacity. But I mean, to have your daughter living like that, eating cat food with crab juice and regarding that scene where he's saying beast it, like He was just drunk. Like you know, if he was sober, he he could not give a good (laughs) goddamn. Like about like her like breaking a crab open.
3: Uh, how shallow the. I know how
2: shallow. That's just what I got from the character.
3: Um, I have a question for the beasts of the southern wild historian Joseph. Um, was is the uh, is the, like brothel barge that they go to and she meets the woman in the kitchen and makes her fried alligator I mean, uh, yeah is that her mother
0: uh yeah so well, i mean it's, it's strongly implied. alluded uh, heavily implied same voice um mm-hmm. yeah i mean you don't see her face at all in in, in the story that the dad tells um and you only hear her voice in her uh first like encounter with yeah. her in the trailer where she's like uh, just the shirt basically yeah um which was a great scene like that like, yeah that was cool. that scene like like got the boiling water got me like no not that well that yeah, one too that but cool. the first one where she's just talking to her like oh when she's not at the table yeah. but she's talking to her yeah um and uh yeah that scene i was like i was like the emotions are coming, because um, <laughs> it was like the way she, that she was like asked, like talking. That the way that it was like the little the way that she was acting, the little girl like she was mm. like hi mom. Like it was just so like innocent and sweet. Uh, yeah. Like she just like uh, longed for her uh, interaction with her mom. Um, yeah, but yeah, that was supposed to be um, her mom at this uh, brothel bar, uh, music venue place in the mm-hmm. middle of the ocean or whatever it was um, that place was cracking I know um, I want to have my next birthday there and um, <laughs> speaking of that now that you mention it um, I had this there's a little bit of uh, trivia it's a little bit more deep than than the movie uh, uh, says or shows us mm-hmm. um, so toward the end of the movie hush puppy arranges a sm- with a small boat captain to transport her to a floating bar that is also a brothel uh, the name of the brothel is Elysian Fields. In Greek mythology, mm-hmm. Elysium or Elysian Fields was the name for the afterlife of the gods and blessed mortals. Greek mythology also contained a boatman named Sharon, uh, Sharon or something like that, mm-hmm. who ferried souls from the world of the living to the world of the dead for a small fee. Aside from the references to ancient myth, the name Elysian Fields also was a reference to the movie Southern Louisiana setting.
2: Oh. Elysian
0: Fields is the name of a major avenue in thoroughfare new orleans and it's a part of it is a part of one of blanche dubois first line in tennessee williams new orleans set play a streetcar named desire they told me to take a streetcar named desire and transfer to one called cemeteries and ride six blocks and get off at elysian fields that was a line from the um play
2: wow Um, that's that's that gives it a whole different depth to yeah because going there
0: that's that whole scene I don't think actually happened in really? the, like in reality because it just seems so um, you're
2: just giving credit to my analysis.
0: It just seems so like, um, and because like she's ar- like, she's just imagined her mom before in the past. And I feel like she's just is like going all in, in this imagination of her mom when she needs her most. Mm-hmm. Um, that's in, that's interesting.
3: Yeah, um, I never thought about that. And then all those all those kids going together—it seems weird that they would just all swim out to
0: this light in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and, and then this, and get this, on this very little boat. eccentric captain is just like he—he yeah. he, he eats a uh, chicken, chicken biscuits. biscuits. Each one reminds me of the it man can. who I was in the past. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I saved the. Rest. I don't. I didn't get
3: that line at all. Did you guys get that line? What that meant? The, the, the chicken biscuit. Uh, chicken
0: biscuits. The wrappers that reminds him of the man he yeah. used to be. I'm just yeah. assuming like he
2: mm-hmm. probably he, committed some crime against humanity while he was eating chicken biscuit sandwiches. <laughs> <and> <laughs> he escaped. And this is much like uh, Ephraim Winslow. Wow. He escapes to the lighthouse. <laughs> he escapes um, maybe, to a yeah, barge. Maybe he
3: used to be the man. Maybe he used to work as a mascot for the chicken joint or whatever. Like, like yes. Yeah. That was a long time ago. I was a different man then yeah. when
0: I donned that suit. Um, yeah. That's like, I mean, I had that kind of like just like a small suspicion that it wasn't real. Like the whole interaction with the mom. Cause it seems very like, it's like, it's almost like a dream.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, thinking about it now, it it does very seem dreamlike, especially when they're in the kitchen and she's just, like, uh, you know, giving the speech of, oh, you're just a dumbass waitress. And she's just, like, sitting there in awe, like, that, oh, my God, this is my mom. And she's cooking me food.
0: But it doesn't... She doesn't even... But she, I don't think she even knows, like, her mom even knows that, like, she's her daughter. Well, no. They like, established
2: very early on in the movie that she was uh, drunk. And she left very early on. So I mean, I don't know. I guess it could be interpreted in both ways, like she died or that she did go to this brothel because she didn't want to live in this shanty town anymore. It, I like I think your just, interpretation I think better if it, though.
0: I think if I don't think she died and like if this is imagined, like and, and didn't actually happen. I don't think she died, I think she just left. Oh, okay. Like Yeah, that's how I interpreted it. Yeah. Uh, and this is like the memory. This is the memories of her mom that she like wants. Like, this is what she imagines her mom is like, and like based on what her dad's told her. You know, like yeah. He, the the story the story that the dad that Winka tells her is uh is kind of funny. It's almost like it's it's almost over the top the way he describes the story yeah. and like visually, <laughs> just mm-hmm. and like it, it's it's almost silly to the like. Just I'm watching him like watch her, like in Tidy Whitey's blow a
2: alligator's head off. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was pretty badass. <laughs> um, I love I, it. One scene that stuck out to me too was when after the storm comes, the authorities, uh, you know, are going through the bathtub town trying to get yeah. people. Well, they're not even trying to get people; they're like collecting people, and yeah. I was thinking, where is the dude's shotgun when they're knocking on his door? They're, they're throwing buoys at him and stuff like that. But I was, you know what? I, I was expecting a more violent encounter. Like it was pretty. I don't.
3: I don't think he's a violent person towards
0: people. I don't think he wants to kill uh, anybody.
2: Well, that's where we disagree. I thought he was ready to blow uh, any. What one. kind of father would he be if he just started killing
0: people? Well, Tyler thinks
3: he's a bad well, dad. So. Yeah, uh, but like. He said he thinks that Tyler thinks that single fathers that, can't raise children correctly. That's not quickly.
2: true at all. What, that's, that's not what, what saying. I'm saying. <laughs> I see right through it. I see right <laughs> through it. Um, no, Out what I was thinking lines. was like he was gonna do any, he was going to do any action at any cost to keep the life that he was living, and I thought that meant he was going to blow some white man's head off. Like I, I was expecting that, but you know, I'm glad we didn't because we got this very awkward uh, (laughs) triage scene um, preceding that Mm -hmm. one. And I thought I felt the the movie did a very good job as making you feel awkward in that setting as any other uh, setting. Sorry, I got a little distracted there. Um, That scene really just gives off such an awkward vibe. Like, these people don't belong here. These people thrive in their own conditions that they make for themselves. They're not prescribed to the modern society.
3: Well, I liked the, I liked the juxtaposition of their life and their ilk compared to just being in that sterile fluorescent yeah. uh, holding area or whatever. And seeing Wink hooked up to all the machines and like in an actual like bed. And it's like, you know that the real world is out there. This is not a hundred percent fantasy because he wanders back into the bathtub mm-hmm. Wearing a uh, a hospital gown, like he's been in the hospital recently, so you know it's there. But then when you see it happen, it it is a nice like side by side. But that was for me probably the weakest part of the movie was the F- FEMA disaster. Yeah, thing. I think it was. It was wanted, a, sh- it was a wanted, really short part. It was, which I'm I'm glad that they they left it short because I wanted to get them back in the bathtub to yeah. see some more. wild did hoot nanny hooligan hooligans. It was a, it was, yeah,
2: yeah, definitely um, a good
3: t- Tyler. Tyler, give us your... your you've been teasing uh, this theory yes. you have because we're all we're about an hour yeah, I was, and 38 yeah, that, minutes that's in. That's right.
2: Um, okay, so I will give uh, my uh, comparison to a uh, beloved sci-fi movie to this movie. So I feel like this movie is a prequel to Annihilation, and I will tell you why. Mm. The <laughs> beasts, those were real. Those, th- th- those were real because... The bathtub, the orox. The bathtub was encased. It, well, not encased. Was located in area X, in which. Oh <laughs> in the yeah, shimmer. the shimmer. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about the books uh, that I was based on. But yeah, it was in the shimmer. And the reason why I think that is because first of all, they're isolated. No, even even when you're uh, seeing scenes out in the levee, you like you can see industry in the foreground. But it doesn't seem really... It just seems ominous. doesn't seem really manned. This is from my perspective. And also, when they go to the uh, FEMA center, I feel like that is the people who are still placed in the shimmer, like trying to, you know, treat the people who are, you know, affected by the shimmer. Also... Joseph, I'm glad that you brought up the uh, brothel scene because I feel like that was... An... <laughs> Don't laugh. Um, that was a... I'm not laughing. I heard a giggle. <laughs> um... You're drunk! Stop it. Uh... <laughs> Damn it. Out with the lad. <laughs> Stop it. I can't do this. Um, You're the brothel scene was definitely a hallucination that was brought on by the shimmer. I don't know. I should have I should have wrote this out a little bit more because, like, when I was watching this movie, I was like, oh, my God. This is, like, when the shimmer first happened and everyone was, like, trapped into the shimmer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's, a, it's I, you got something. I know. I I apologize. I I sh- but, uh, well, I know yeah. it is a reach, but I thought it was like a kind of like a it's fun thought experiment to like think because you know annihilation takes place in the south too, mm. so that's kind of like where my comparison was going for. It was like oh, the, like the event happened, and the storm was like the cata- the the, the um, catalyst for the shimmer. I don't know. <laughs> What a story! Yeah, yeah, I know. I, you know, I, I promise next time when I have these uh, crazy uh, comparisons, I'll I'll write it down in a more uh, concise way.
0: Well, at least you know they crazy. Shit
1: artist! <laughs> um, uh,
2: it
0: um, we didn't mention that the whole time that uh, the dad has a heart condition um yeah. he has like heart disease like he's had a heart attack oh i thought he
2: got stabbed and it was just an infection from him being stabbed
0: no that his blood was attacking himself or something that was just yeah. the way he put just the way he put it to yeah. her uh, mm. i think like mm. he just simplifies things because mm. she is a child she's a simple child yeah um <laughs> living a very complicated life um yeah, so like the whole time, like he has this illness of of undisclosed uh, nature um, regarding his heart, and there, there's a scene in the beginning where he comes back from the hospital and he she like pounds on his chest and you hear that, poof, and like yeah, that, I, I felt it in my chest. I was like, Ugh. yeah, and then he like he passes out basically, and I was like, oh god, that sounds horrible. Speaking of that um, of the
3: heartbeat. She, it, you, re, they revisit the heartbeat a number of times throughout the yeah. movie, and she even has like hears the heartbeat of the crab mm-hmm. before she like uh, kills it or whatever. But I like, I liked that. I liked her, her like attention to life. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah interesting.
2: definitely.
0: And um, yeah, we uh, we eventually get to. Um, there's the, I want to mention a scene yeah. of of him and her in the boat at nighttime. And um, he is like amping her up, like "Who the man? Like, like show me them guns! Mm-hmm. Show me them guns!" And like, he arm wrestles her. I feel like that was such a like a great father daughter moment. Like that, it That's was sweet. sweet. It was yeah. so like, um, just like it was. It was so. I was just so happy watching it. Like, <laughs> I mm-hmm. just felt so yeah. good. Would you about... say your
2: parental instincts were kicking in at that point? You're like, I want a daughter.
0: <laughs> Fuck no. What? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I. Uh, but I did really enjoy that that scene and like their relationship. Even though he does give her a smack in the beginning, um, it um, yeah strikes yeah, her. Probably not the first time. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, he had that one cocked and ready to roll. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did. That um, wasn't his
2: first rodeo.
0: But yeah, I, I. There were just scenes like that throughout the movie, especially in the second half. And then we get to, like, like the final, final scene between her and her dad. And she comes back from the brothel land. And, um, mm-hmm. like, their exchange between them. Like, he's she's feeding um, him the fried gator, which, like, does nothing for his heart. You know? yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Um, I was like, bawling my eyes out. And, like, Tyler, your point earlier, like, him telling her not to cry, it was very toxic. A very toxic thing to say to a child which i agree um can be a toxic thing to say but i think i think (laughs) in this context it sort of wraps up and like he does say like no crying and like but they're both crying like yeah it's i think it i think it uh it came around and like when like he says that to her i'm like (laughs) i'm not crying like yeah me and Deanna were just like yeah tissues on hand it was uh yeah it was
3: just like the uh, yeah the ending was powerful. Just like
0: the first time I watched it in theaters, it was uh, really good. And sniffling um, all around. And um, yeah, yeah, and uh, that's pretty much
2: it. Yeah, for, yeah, for a yeah. uh, while. One
3: one fun fact I want to say before we grade it: um, the uh, the father wink uh, Dwight Henry. Mm-hmm. He, he ran a bakery that was across the street from the offices where they wrote and like doing set production and doing interviews or, um, or what's the casting calls for the different uh, actors. Mm-hmm. And the Ben's Z- Ben Zeitlin, he uh, put the, one of those like where we're doing open casting calls he to pull the number off the thing, call us up, you know, one of those little uh, signs yeah. up in his, this guy's bakery and um, Dwight Henry's bakery. And he, let him do it and the, the cast became friends with this bakery owner across the street and he they kept asking him to come over and audition for the part of wink and he refused and then on the last day before they moved offices they went to go find him he had actually moved his bakery to a bigger bakery on the other side of town the entire cast went in it or the entire production team went in at once and begged him to audition for the part
2: Whoa. and he agreed and they got it That's really cool. So
3: it was, yeah, yeah, really cool, really cool story. And he still operated the bakery um, while making the movie because he said, well, we can do all the rehearsals at night. uh, So, or at times where I can bake at night or something like that. So it was really, I I thought that was such a cool story behind this great, already great. Such a great
2: actor for not even acting in anything too. (laughs) Like the director must've been really good at, you know, directing him on being a, uh, uh, yeah a father I, who is I I always negligent. wonder where
0: they get like with the cast like like other than the main two, like the other everybody else, like mm-hmm. where like where did he get these people? They're just you know, Oh they just
2: they've all they they've already lived there.
0: It's insane to me yeah, like a lot he's of able them, to most just of most of them are local direct them. Like like yeah. and get them to do what he wants. Um I know the general public is not a very uh, um desirable group of people to be around. Then I think like you could, if <laughs> if you really want somebody like if you need like a role, not like not one of the main roles, but you need someone like as an extra or someone who has small speaking lines, I feel like like you could get people off Craigslist or local casting agencies. Oh absolutely and, like, you get you'll be able to direct yeah. them in a way that will make it work with the movie. Um sure. But yeah, I uh that that was Beasts of the Sound of the Wild. Let's get Go. into some grading Tyler, what do you what do you give this movie?
2: Uh, I give this movie a solid A for Academy Award. Oh, look at him Stealing bits. <laughs> Here we go again.
0: I'm going to call you Amy Schumer. Stealing, stealing jokes. bits? Yeah, Carlos Mencia. Oh,
2: my God. Okay, fine.
3: I'll call you Tyler, Carlos Mencia, Noe. <laughs> No.
2: No. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, no, solid A. I really enjoyed this movie. And strangely, as sad as it made me i could see myself watching this again to give a better perspective on the direction that it was Mm -hmm. supposed to go in not to say i was lost on the direction but i feel like this movie does deserve a second viewing
0: yeah or two or three beautiful (laughs) beautiful uh pete what's uh what, what do you give this movie
3: I'm giving this an a minus. I liked it a lot. I think, uh, if I were to improve on anything, I'd maybe change the pacing a little bit. There was some, I know it was intentionally atmospheric and, but the, like the really, really fun parts about the bathtub were like my favorite parts, you know, watching the games that they played and playing with the fire fireworks and the aforementioned baby race with the crying baby. Uh, that was great. I love that sort of stuff. Um, but uh it was very very good um it was impressive for a, a like a first feature movie even more impressive for a child actor to be able to get get that sort of uh, range mm-hmm. and a, again, really impressive to, for dwight henry, a first time actor who's a just came in and kill, killed it yeah yeah a baker yeah <laughs> yeah so a lot of really impressive things about it i'm glad uh, glad we finally watched it i it, it was a very different movie than i thought um based off of the title i don't i don't know what i was thinking but it was nothing like i was expecting so yeah
0: good movie a minus sweet um i think um i will give i'm gonna give this movie an a plus whoa yeah i just like it a lot it's just such a like like you guys say it's sad but i feel like it's such a feel-good movie like it's Mm -hmm. it's so hopeful at the end like even though Mm -hmm. there's like we both we all know the situation that they all live in, but like as for as individuals they don't see it that way sure and yeah. i i and we are from the perspective of this one individual who's a little girl who just sees the world as like as is in such a positive way i think um and like it's like she just is gonna make the best of whatever comes her way and um <clears throat> yeah i think uh I think that's what does it for me I mean, that's what makes it hopeful more hopeful than me than sad um would you watch this movie again i've watched it three times
2: <laughs> well, i know but would you watch it a fourth time uh probably oh, okay.
0: um i mean i own it so it's uh, yeah it's just, it's a great it's movie to idea. have and um yeah it's just great it's just a great movie a plus so yeah all, right. all a's across the board yeah um How exciting. Yeah, so now uh, we go to the wheel. One wheel, eight slots, three hosts. This is the Wheel of Destiny. Mm -hmm. Beast of the Southern Wild is
3: off. Off Off the wheel. Off the wheel, Joseph. You got an empty spot. uh, What do you want to put back on the wheel? So
0: right now we have half fan picks and half pretty much actual movies, like specific movies. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna put in my slot. uh, I think this is on the fan list. If it is, remove it from the list after I say it, Tyler. Okay. I have this is Eagle versus Shark. I think it is on the list. I think uh, that was from Deanna. uh the, Yes. Is it, is yep. it from Vienna? Yes.
3: Oh, it's Joseph's ex girlfriend, Deanna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eagle versus
2: Shark. Yeah. Taika A Waititi. Very,
0: uh, directorial debut from Taika Waititi. Very cutesy sort of love story between, uh, um, very weird, two very weird people in New Zealand. Um, yeah. That's a joking. Yeah. <laughs> so quote that a lot. That's, that's <laughs> really all I can say about it. Um, it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. Super dry humor. Um, I love yeah. it. Very good. All right, cool. Well, I'm going to recap
3: what's on the wheel. Um, did, we get it, did we get any listener call ins or emails or anything like uh, that?
2: No, we did not get any uh, voicemails. Uh, it's-
3: this is your call to arms, listeners. If you're sitting here listening to this right now, my sound is in your ears. Stop what you're doing. Open up your email application on your phone and send us an email. MCFCpodcast at com, or call the voicemail, which we'll leave at the end of the show. We want to hear from you. Yeah, I mean,
2: you got, you don't have to tickle our balls or anything like that. Just send us a movie recommendation for God's sakes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Stream, streaming pick. It doesn't have to be something for the wheel. I mean, anything, yeah. you, whatever you like. Um, Uh, And speaking of Hunters, we talked about Hunters uh, a bunch. I have a friend uh, in Sacramento that's name is Hunter, who I know listens to the show. Hunter, write us a GD email, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Get involved. (laughs) So, all right, I'm going to recap. It's on the wheel. Eagle versus Shark from Joseph, a Deanna's fan pick. Uh, Natural fan pick. Tyler's fan Mm -hmm. pick. Colossal from Pete. Brokeback Mountain from Tyler. Antichrist, which is listener Chris's... um, uh, fan mm-hmm. pick he he did send me a message on instagram or on uh facebook and said uh, hey i'm on the wheel <laughs> <laughs> so he's ex- he's listening he's excited he's listening. uh yeah he's listening that's right and uh a natural fan pick and joseph's fan pick so we are loaded for bear for fan picks so let's give it a spin this will be the movie that we watch on episode 88 Fan <laughs> pick. Hey, it's a oh, fan, a fan <laughs> pick. What's <though. laughs> well, surprise? This is actually Joseph's so back-to-back episodes oh, for wow. Joseph.
0: Oh, it's Eagle versus Shark.
3: Uh, no, it's just a random oh, okay, fan okay, pick. Okay. That, All right. uh, Never mind. So, but but you're, you put it on as the fan pick. So uh, let's <laughs> do. do, 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 what do you, are we doing
2: top ten? Uh, yeah. yeah. Did you we remove can do top ten
0: Eagle versus Shark from the list? Tyler, Tyler what? did you do it? Did you remove Eagle versus Shark? Yes, I yes I did. Yes. Okay. Was that in the top ten?
2: Did you remove Antique? No, it wasn't. Okay.
3: Did you remove Antichrist?
2: Uh no, I didn't. I will remove it right now. All right, it is removed. Okay.
3: And we're doing t- top top 10, yes. Yeah, is that right? let's
2: do that.
3: Okay. W- one out of 10. First Oh, number 10.
0: Oh my
2: what god, is the... yes. Where's our movie? Yes. Return of the Living Dead by Bruce.
3: All right. Oh, I love this Listen movie. Bruce. I
2: love this movie so goddamn much. <laughs>
3: Movies, yeah, that Bruce. Oh, I can't. Cool. I don't. I don't. I've never. I don't know anything about this except for it's uh, supposed to be one of the better, more fun zombie movies.
2: Uh, yeah. I uh, let me uh, look up the synopsis really quick. Although uh, the synopsis doesn't even do it. It's about zombies and punks.
3: It's about zombies. What do we need to know? Uh, but we do need to know if it's streaming anywhere. So let's take a look on Just Watch, trusty app, Mm. streaming on. Cinemax, Cinemax Go, and Directv.
2: Oh yeah, those well, popular streaming services. Yeah, but it
3: is four dollars to rent on Amazon and uh, Vudu. Yeah, so now, I guess we're doing it's that.
2: Totally worth it, and fantastic. It has very iconic scenes, and I'm sure, uh, I'm sure, uh, uh, you know, local celebrity Adam Murphy is gonna want a piece of this pie too when he hears about this
3: well we have uh, we may need to see if we can contact Bruce to get a give us a little shout out on air that's the reason why he why he likes Return of the Living Dead so much and give us his perspective yeah yeah. Um, well we got a week to figure that out so until next time yeah (laughs) that's been uh, episode 87 of Middle Class Film Class thank you for listening follow us next week as we watch Return of the Living Dead fan pick from Bruce and uh, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash mcfcpodcast. And again, please, please send us an email, mcfcpodcast at gmail.com.
2: Yeah, and uh, please uh, follow us on Instagram at uh, middleclassfilmclass. Class. And also, we do have a voicemail set up, so if you want to, uh, you know... T- Send us your words through uh, your vocal cords. Please dial 209-730-6010. We'd love to hear from you guys.
0: And follow us on Twitter uh, at PodcastMCFC. Alrighty, we'll see you next week. See ya. See ya. Batman, ever heard of him?